Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane. And Father Shane Demon. I guess I didn't do the full title. You gotta Sorry. Finish it out. The full name is Father Shane Demon. Welcome back to Outcast Catholic. This is Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. We gotta mix and it up. We're excited to be here. You just cut it off like that. I you know, I just you made you trip and stumble there, didn't you? You did. You, you got a little startled. It up. Sorry. Um, the flow was off. Well, anyways, we've been grinding out some episodes here. So um it's how the sausage is made. Sometimes we record a couple episodes at one time. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. They think we're fresh. We're just on it every week. Uh huh. Um, yes, yes, yes. So here we are. Yeah. What have you been up to these days? Uh, I just just went on a little vacation for the first time in a long time. Do tell. You've been uh, traveling. I, I had. Well, it was right after. Literally got back from North Carolina, driving through the night, and then drove from. We got back to Fort Dodge. Drove through the night. Drove to Sioux City, and then drove to Omaha, and then flew out the next day. Wow. Father Taylor and I um, went to Vegas. Uh, I've never thought I'd travel to Las Vegas. Um, I thought it was just the casino life, but it was awesome. So I did not realize kind of the culinary experience that would mm-hmm. be available, and then the, some of the really fun shows that we saw. Good for you. Um, seeing some of the Cirque du Soleil shows is pretty fun. Uh, and I think the best favorite restaurant do you remember Giada de Laurentiis from yeah. the Food Network? Mm-hmm. She has a restaurant there, I went she? To, which was a lot of fun. It's like an American or Italian? It's Italian. It's all Italian. It's, yeah. Okay. So we learned more about her, too, being at the restaurant. She was born in Rome. Mm. And then so like her her grandmother kind of taught her all these different Roman recipes. So, yeah, very, very like subtle flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, very delicious at Giada's. Best, uh, I think, wait staff experience, too. Good. Fred. Shout out to Fred from Giada's. Okay. I guess it's a good time. Yeah. Restful, good, but back at it now. Good. Jumping into it today with a couple of masses and podcasting and vocations office good for you. tutorials. You know, we could have probably just had you fly from North Carolina to Vegas rather than driving halfway across the country. That would have been a great idea, actually. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't do that. You probably should have. Well, there was a direct flight from Omaha, so. Well, that's true. Well, you got halfway across the country and then picked Gosh. up your flight. <laughs> yeah. And you did get to participate in the sharing of graces. It was good. Yeah, it was good. And you got to participate in the ride home from North Carolina in which we were weaving through lots of construction oh, zones in the boy. night and the rain. When you and I were in trying Covington to sleep and in the, or no, yeah. it, was, it was Lexington and Louisville when we were trying to come home. Yeah, not a lot of sleeping happened there. No, the bus ride was pretty wild. However, then. we did... <laughs> We did watch Top Gun, which was my first experience, first time watching Top Gun. Well, yeah, and the original. Excited. Yeah, you were pretty like adamant that I watch it. I was well because the new one has just come out. You yeah, got to see the original. I, yeah. If I see the new one, I was geared up to finish watching an episode of Stranger Things, um, which I'm a big fan of, and I was working through the, the newest season. And Father Shane, you were adamant that I watch Top Gun. If, so, no, I was adamant since we were playing it. You should watch, watch it because the screen was literally right, right in front of your seat. <laughs> However, I think I think you're a big Top Gun fan. If if you're, you're going to watch it. the, I, I, I'm a big fan of the soundtrack more than I am probably the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, because I think it like captures like some of the greatest hits of the late '80s. The greatest hits of the late '80s. That's right. Yeah. It just really formed you as a well. As a person. Yeah, I'm not like <laughs> I don't go around all day long listening to the, you know the hits of the '80s. I'm not a big '80s hairband guy. Yeah. But 
Uh, it does have a good soundtrack, and it, since the new one is out, it was fitting that we watched it. It was fitting. It was fitting. Yeah. So perhaps we'll watch the newest uh, Top Gun Maverick coming out soon. Yeah. Or out. out it's out now. Yeah. We'll go see it right now after we record this. Let's Anyways, what are, we, uh, what are we talking about today? You're going to be a hero, and everyone's going to be a hero. Everyone wants to be a hero, and that's what we're going to talk about. Sweet. We're going to go back to... tell more stories about riding deers? Uh, no. Okay. Okay, right, thanks, though. Thanks for the offer. Yeah, well... I was here for that. We're gonna go back to uh, we're gonna go back to the 19th century, the 1800s, uh, to John Henry Newman. Okay, John Henry Newman. Yeah, sounds good. What were you distracted by there? I was. I just wasn't on the like. I was gonna do one of the when you said we're gonna go back to the whatever, whatever. I was gonna do this one, Ooh. but I didn't catch it in time. I'm okay. just not good at catching try, those. Okay, well let's try it again. Yeah. At this moment, we are gonna go back to the 19th century. Very timely. Good, good job, it? Father. Good job pushing Cardinal that sound. Newman. Good job pressing that sound effects button. We're back to Cardinal Newman. He's not a cardinal yet. He's not even a Catholic yet. John Henry Newman is an Anglican preacher at St. Mary's in Oxford, England. Uh, this is this is pre eighteen forty five, and uh, Newman is one of the great preachers of the Anglican tradition. And in one of his plain and parochial sermons. He gives kind of this uh, really rousing and enthusiastic homily, or rather sermon, uh, about ascension. And uh, it's, it's a beautiful exhortation, just kind of lifting up the spirit, following our Lord where he has gone before us into the glory of heaven. Uh, you know, having redeemed humanity on the cross, having risen from the grave, and now placing his humanity on the throne of God and inviting us to kind of share in his human experience in eternal life. Newman gives this beautiful sermon. And th- there was a passage that, just one quick little sentence at the very end of this this rousing homily that really caught my eye, and I thought we should maybe just talk about it today. Newman says this about God. What infinite mercy it is in him that he allows sinners such as we are the privilege of acting the part of heroes rather than of penitence. I, I, don't, I don't know if you, you know, get so excited about that as I do, or perhaps our listeners, but the, what is so moving about God in Newman's image is that he allows us to play the part of heroes rather than just penitents. Like, we don't sit on earth just dressing ourselves like in sackcloth and ashes for like 70, 80 years, just beating our breasts, saying, oh, woe is me, woe is me, I'm such a, a wicked person. Lord, please have mercy on me and do not strike me with your lightning bolts. Mm-hmm. It's not actually what Newman, you know, or the Christian life is ordered towards at all. God actually allows us to be heroes mm. in as much as he's the one doing the saving, but he allows us to participate in that and then to not only die to self, but to go live for a mission bigger than ourselves. Mm. Um the person who's raising children and pouring out love for them is literally becoming a hero for those children when ex- when it's expressed in nurturing love. Um, the person who's going off to be kind of a, an evangelizer or a missionary, um, just the opportunity to go to work every single day and to say, I'm going to go live out these Christian ideals and be 11 in the midst of all my relationships and build one another up. Uh, I'm going to be a, a second-hand witness of the gospel to others, having first experienced it in my own life. Uh, all of these things are very heroic. <laughs> all of these things allow us to go act like God and to be his instruments 
of grace for other people, not perhaps in a, in a full sacramental sense as, as priestly ministry allows you and me to have, but all of us through our encounters and through our witness get to do something very heroic. Mm-hmm. You know, we get to kind of keep the, the gospel going. Parents get the opportunity to keep creation going with the gift of children. Um, the, the salvation, uh, the, the, the reception of salvation history continues with every single generation as it's passed down very heroically uh, in the midst of Christian believers. Mm-hmm. And I think Newman captures so clearly really what is so exciting about the Christian ideal. Uh, it's not a very humdrum, you know, boring sense of existence. It's actually a mission that's meant to let you and others on fire. Yes. Yeah. That's reminded me, uh, I haven't thought about this for a while, but are you familiar with the two standards uh, reflection or meditation in Ignatius's sure. uh, spiritual exercises? Sure. So it's it's offered that directors could you know offer that in the context of the spiritual exercises, whether the 30-day retreat or something smaller. But it's pretty pretty simple. It's like to consider, Ignatius offers this meditation, consider the camp of the enemy, kind of like what's going on there, who's the commander, who's like leading the charge, and consider the camp of the Lord, um, and and really make an election, make a choice, which standard, which flag are you following into battle? Like what's actually happening, right? And it, it just goes to show that our life is dynamic. It's not just this kind of passive sitting around waiting for something to happen. Um, that it's it's got to be a following, whether it's following the Lord or it's not following the Lord. It's got to be a following. I was moved in the meditation that I received in prayer. It was basically the exact, what you just said, that like following uh, the Lord in participating in this kind of instrumental causality with him and the salvation of the world is like this absolute adventure, this thrilling kind of quest, if you will, um, to use the name of a wonderful, uh, you know, adventure trip to North Carolina. Right. Um, but in that meditation that I received, that's exactly what happened. I, I was considering kind of the camp of the enemy and there was just in my meditation, my imagination, there was a lot of like, everybody's very polished. Everybody like was very like, calm, cool, collected. They knew what they were doing. They were talking about. Um, but very quickly as I was praying through it, the selfishness of those there started to kind of like come up. And it, it was clear that like they were all there because they were trying to get something out of each other or out of the commander or whatever. But then as I th- started considering what this camp of, of the Lord was, um, of Christ, really heroic Christian families started coming to mind. Families who've either have a lot of kids, not very many kids, but who are like laying their life down in love for their family, for the world in this evangelical witness and how to the world, it might look like the opposite. It might look like that's pretty lame. Like that's not very exciting at all. And more exciting would be this kind of quest for personal pleasure. Um, what's the next exciting thing I could get? What's the next? And I, I mean, I just saw this in Vegas. It's like, well, we took advantage of the kind of wonderful shows and the beautiful food that was there. There's, I mean, it's called Sin City for a reason, right? Just trying to find the next pleasure. Like, that's going to make me happy. That's going to make me happy. Like, just hitting another, um, just like hitting another slot machine or doing something, like throwing out another bet. But this this camp of the Lord, to follow his standard, is always one of adventure as a superhero, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're you're a member of this army of Christ who's leading us toward victory. It's remarkable to me how many people, especially young adults, think that the Christian life is so boring. We're going to come back and visit this someday. We're going to do a whole episode on Chesterton. 
haven't mentioned him for a while, but mm. I'm getting the itch. But we, we'll save that for another day. Well, look at you just kind of dipping into your dissertation with a little yeah. combo Newman and Chesterton you at the betcha. same time, huh? Um, we're going to come back to Chesterton another day. But it's just remarkable to me how many people think that the Christian lifestyle is just very limiting, that you walk around all day long with just handcuffs on you spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, and how the Christian life is actually meant to be one of extreme, extreme movement dynamic love, passionate living, uh, to really be a hero. And and to be a hero, not this sense of this egotism, like, you know, oh, look at me, everybody. I'm putting myself up on a pedestal and I, I fly around with a cape. No, that's not actually the point. Uh, the, the heroism comes in dying to self to live for something so much greater and in receiving, receiving that in an abundance of life that gives life to other people. Uh, that's the whole movement towards Christ and what he accomplished. Uh, so when we're, when we're talking about being heroes, we're not trying to say, like, you go be your best version of yourself just simply for your own glory. No, we're, we're not trying to make statues of ourselves and everybody you know fawn all over us. The point is that the tra- whole trajectory of what we're ordered towards is really exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's challenges that come, and, and there's an uproad, uproad hill of Calvary in each of our journeys. But what superhero out there doesn't have great battles and conquests? Mm-hmm. What superhero out there always had it as easy peasy street, right? That doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. All the great action films that we've ever seen in life are always kind of this epic struggle. They start you know? off with a conflict. Yeah. Right. And, and we live the conflict every single day. The conflict of, of death to sin to rise again in the newness of Jesus. Hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking of uh, how you said, like, young adults see the Christian life as boring. Mm-hmm. And I think because of that, that's why I think a particular uh, religious, like the CFRs come to mind, or Mother Natalia and her community come to mind, where the expectation of the culture is that, like, priests, nuns, monks, whatever, are super boring. And just, like, what, why? Why would I ever want that, right? Like, you, you're so puritanical and just a bunch of prudes. <clears throat> but then what's experienced is the opposite. What's experienced when you meet young nuns, young priests, young monks, young friars is joy, is abundant joy, is this joy that the world cannot offer, is this joy that's not just founded on like amassing enough pleasure because often they're living poverty, chastity, obedience, which goes right against those kind of main like um sources of pleasure in the world, right? That I'm like, I'm going to have as much as I want. I'm going to have all the power that I can possibly have. I'm going to have the, the kind of instant gratification of, of sex and of food and of drink. Okay. These monks, nuns, please God, priests, right? Aren't living that kind of opulent life, but are experiencing more joy than, than the other people living in the world experience. So hopefully that that can be experienced, right? Like, and that's the the shame of not having many priests or not having many consecrated religious around is that you don't often get to see that kind of intense uh, Christian witness. But praise God for these beautiful beautiful families that we have in our diocese here throughout the Midwest, throughout the country, who show that following Christ um, it is dynamic and it is a life of adventure um, because it's actually oriented somewhere. It's oriented toward. Um, heaven and like the blessedness of heaven pouring back into this life now. Um, but I just think of that when, you, if, if our listeners have had an experience of knowing consecrated religious, 
their lives emulate that joy um, of the joy of the gospel Pope Francis talks about. Mm -hmm. And for any of the naysayers out there listening to this saying, well, Father Shane, my life doesn't feel very heroic. You know, I'm changing diapers every day. I'm, uh, you know, packing sack lunches for my, my children. I'm dealing with sick children. I'm going to the nursing home every day to visit an elderly parent or whomever. My life doesn't seem very heroic, just punching the clock every day, doing the same old mundane things. Mm. Yeah, if you just want to look at it as mundane things, it does seem like it's the same thing all day long. But if you see your, your interior life as remaining connected to heaven itself, and as you, if you see your growth in virtue as helping you to overcome the mundane things and see in each of those activities as, as, as routine and boring as they might seem as an opportunity to step into something much bigger spiritually, that's where the adventure comes. That's where the heroism comes. Um, that's when you're on a trajectory of just moving beyond what this world sees and says, no, I'm, I'm, I'm spiritually entering into another realm in which these actions are taking on a whole nother significance um, that, that is kind of lifting me and ele- elevating me up towards he- seven, heavenly and very sacred things. Yeah, and I really appreciate that you keep coming back to this theme of it takes us out of ourselves and it makes us part of something bigger. You can see that with, with, with young kids, I think young boys especially, it's like they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Like That's why team sports are so thrilling. And I was, when you started uh, when we started this episode, I was just thinking of uh, our recent experience in the uh, in the Smoky Mountains in North Carolina on this high ropes course, and I'd never done that before. And it was funny. This group of guys uh, from a certain town, they so basically the the high ropes course work as we experienced, like it's a team building exercise, right? So it's like they're set up in such a way that utilizing one another and like leaning on each other and using each other for for balance and support, that is how you do it. And like, that's really the only way you can do it. You can try to keep doing it by yourself, but like, it's really hard to balance on a wire when you're trying to just hold the, you know, like the little safety wire thing above you. But the group of guys that we were watching, it was like, they were refusing to work as a team, but they were trying to do like the team obstacle stuff on these high ropes just individually. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't working. Um, but when you recognize, and I think we both kind of experienced with our different groups is that when you kind of make the self-sacrifice for the for the group, for the thing that's bigger than yourself, when you're drawn out of yourself, well, then you can actually accomplish something, right? Well, isn't that the mystical body of Christ that we're incorporated into as our baptism, that we're, we're, yes, given like this beautiful identity as a particular, unique, beloved child of God, but then through that identity become a member of something so much bigger than ourselves. Like this, yeah, army of Christ, if we want to put it back in that uh, standard-bearing imagery, but also this mystical body of Christ that's headed toward heaven, right? Um, that's exciting. That's dynamic. Absolutely. I had, I had kind of forgotten about that that group of guys. Well, that was a group, and then I was also thinking about, a, you know, a, not to name names of seminarians again, but a, another certain seminarian who was definitely afraid of taking this uh, uh, trek by himself. Sure, but, but he did it. He did it, he and did once it. he got his boys, his team with him, they, yeah. they, they conquered it together. They you know? did. They did. Well, I think these are helpful thoughts, just especially in the midst of ordinary time here, that there's nothing ordinary about the Christian journey. It's always extraordinary. Mm. And that the heroism of following Jesus and the thrill of that, uh, as scary as that might be, saying, oh, no, I'm going to have to die to some things of this world. Well, yeah, but you open up so much more in the world to come. It really does make the Christian lifestyle quite heroic. Uh, again, not for popularity, not for fame, 
um, but for a, a horizon so much bigger than ours. So maybe just to conclude, let's go back to the words of Newman one more time. Newman speaks of the Lord and says, What infinite mercy it is in him, that he allows sinners such as we are, the privilege of acting the part of heroes rather than of penitents. Just chew on that for your own meditations this week. And Father Travis, always good to be with you. Thanks for your insights today. Likewise, hope that I can feel more like a superhero today. Thanks, Father Shane. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.